picking and a singing. <laughs> well, I guess we should sort of talk about what we're doing today. Yeah. Um, well, today we are doing the first ever episode of what is the Comfort Monk podcast. And we were lucky enough to get our friend Woody to come in and record an interview with Tommy Stinson of The Replacements. Um, I guess maybe introductions. I'm Dylan. This is Eddie. I'm Woody. So yeah, thanks for listening. We're excited to have Tommy come into town here in Columbia to play a solo gig at the Cola Town Bike Collective, where they've been doing some pretty cool events lately. Um, they're gracious enough to let us bring him into the spot, and I think it'll be a pretty unique show experience. Personally, I know, I think that I can kind of speak for all of us and say that we're all pretty big replacements fans and just Tommy oh, yeah. fans in general. He's done the Bash and Pop project. Uh, he's just been involved. I guess, what was that uh, Beach Slang record that he played on recently? Oh, I don't think I heard um, that. He's just, you know, he the replacements are important to me. I think that they, they speak to a certain, uh, almost, when I, I almost think of just like belly up angst towns, mm-hmm. like where you're stuck. They, there's nothing like uh, the way that Paul would write about just the the woes of being like stuck in in a certain situation, whether it be. I mean, I don't know. I think that's how I I interpret a lot of it. I don't think that maybe it's not even about that, but I feel like the reason I always related to it is that like a lot of it really spoke to the to the just to the stagnant frustration that happens as your youth, you know? Um, yeah, certainly not. <clears throat> they're not writing songs about New York and L.A. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I guess the mindset for some of them, I would imagine, is, you know, rooted in some of his Minneapolis experiences, but I mean, I'm sure some writing, of it's not. You know? They're writing songs about drinking and, you know, women. And, exactly. And, like, you know, being hard up. and you Right. Know, I mean, which they were. You know, I, as you know, Tommy says in the, the the brief interview we did. You know, they paid their dues, man. They paid for it on 100%. the road. You know, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that that's why that music speaks so much to people. Totally, I think uh, in the Tim version, or I guess it didn't come out on Tim, but they recorded a version of "Can't Hardly Wait" for Tim that mm-hmm. didn't come out on that record. Um, where there's an alternate lyric where he says, from the top of this scummy water tower screaming, I can't hardly wait. Mm-hmm. That almost is like, in a nutshell, what I love about the band. Right. It's like, I, for some reason, the imagery that that conjures up is like a perfect, and I'm not saying that's the best replacement song. It's probably not my favorite. I love the song, but that <laughs> lyric that's omitted from the album version, uh, I think it's something about like, you know, all of these, and I think this is, from a personal experience. I grew up in, the, in a small town, much smaller than, you know, where the replacements grew up. Um, but the thing that, reason that really resonated with me is it's like, you know, this town doesn't have a lot of landmarks, but it's got a fucking water tower <laughs> that everybody sees. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll turn left at the water tower or whatever. It's just like mm-hmm. this common thread that like, mm-hmm. there's something about talking shit about that scummy little water tower that I'm like, everybody, no matter where you're at, you got one of those in your town and you relate to the frustration that this song is kind of mm-hmm. uh, focusing on. And just, uh, he does that in a pretty beautiful, poetic way. And then the way that Tommy, you know, he obviously he wasn't the 
primary songwriter in the band, but he, I think as a musician that isn't the front man, he does a great job of like, I mean, that band wouldn't be the same without Tommy Stinson. Well, it's like, it's like Jim Dickinson said, you know, who produced, um, uh, Pleased to Meet, Pleased to Meet Me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he said Tommy's the purest rock and roll musician he ever worked with. I, I believe it. If there was anyone who could rival him, it could arguably just be Bob Stinson. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Tommy, it's it's awesome that he's coming to town and he's playing this solo gig at a unique spot. Like he did when I was booking the show, his uh, the point of contact I had for for getting it arranged was just like we don't want to play clubs, we don't want to play dive bars, we want to play houses, we want to play just something that's gonna make the experience for the crowd unique enough to where. They're taking away a lot more from from it than just I saw Tommy play a show. It was like I saw Tommy play at this place. I never thought yeah. I would have seen Tommy. At. And it's and it sounds like from his from his from his mouth that that he gets a lot out of it too. Yeah, I'm sure because I mean, I'm sure it's not lost on him that a lot of people have a, an emotional connection to the art that he's put out sure. there in the world. And when you're in a place like the Bike Collective, it's a super neat place, but. We're all going to be like 15 feet from him, no matter where he stands. So it's yeah. like if, if you have a personal connection and you're interested in, uh, you know, having that intimate show experience with them, you can't really beat this tour. And by the way, only 50 tickets yeah, that's are being true. sold for this show. So if you're interested in going, now's the time to get your hands on a ticket. Um, but yeah, we we were pretty excited to have him involved. He was, uh, I think that he was a. Pretty pretty good interviewee, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah, he was he was a dream. He he likes to talk. Well, on that note, I guess maybe we should get to it and let you guys hear what Tommy and Woody had to talk about. Thanks for listening to us here, and we're going to be doing a lot more of these soon. So uh, keep your ears peeled, and we'll we'll be uh, bringing more to you soon. Tommy. You got him. Hey, buddy. My name is uh, Woody Jones. I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia. How many times have I been there, I wonder? Mm. <laughs> I think it's substantial. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, you, you, I'm trying to think. You, you might have played some of our uh, legendary venues like Rockefellers or uh, Green Streets or somewhere like that. It is, oh, yeah. it is entirely possible. Well, we're excited to have mm-hmm. you at the uh, at the Cola Bike Collective at the at the end of February here on the twenty eighth. Very cool. It's going to be great. Just me and my li- me and my little bitty guitar. Shoot. <laughs> do you like Do you like playing solo? I. You know what? I, not all the time. I do when I want to, and so hence you guys got. Uh, got the date at a bike shop. I like playing weird, intimate gigs because one, I get close to people and I, it's not like I do it all the time and want to do it all the time, but, um, the, the, the reality of it is, is it pays better than club gigs because club gigs have overhead 
And also you're right there in front of people, like you're face to face with them and they have, you have an interaction, you have a chat with them. There's different things that happen on those intimate gigs like that, that, that are, you know, they're, they're pretty cool. And they're pretty special to me as they are, I suppose, the people that bought the tickets, you know? Absolutely. I got to see you uh, last year. It was a club gig, though, opening for the Lemonheads in Charlotte. That, uh-huh. that was uh, that was pretty fun. Did you did you enjoy that run? No, not really. <laughs> no. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that wasn't a good that wasn't a good gig for me. I'll just tell you that. And that's I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So I've heard you're in the studio. Well, I got Chippy up here. We're doing. We're just finishing off this Cowboys and the Campfire record that uh, we've been working on for like I don't know, thirty years or something like that. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and uh, we're putting the finishing touches on it, and hopefully, you know, give that to the record company before I start heading south. Is that going to be uh, on Fat Possum? That would be my hope. Yeah, I think that's a good fit yeah. for you. I think so too. I mean, you know, they they did a really good job on the Bash and Pop record. It seems like they they like me. You know, what what better can I do? You know what I mean? I I don't like the majors anymore. They all it's just you know it's just terrible situation with all that stuff. And until someone comes up with a better solution for how you know how to make a living at putting records out, you know, this is gonna they work great for me. Yeah, man. I, I thought the uh, last Bash and Pop record was great too, man. And uh, I look yeah. forward. I look forward to hearing you do some of that stuff live. Oh, well, thank you, man. Now they did a great job, and you know, shit, they're a great company. They have they 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 cross over many genres and all that stuff. But they ultimately they, you know, when they believe in an artist, they really stick behind them and do a thing. And it's like they didn't make me a million dollars. I wasn't expecting it, but I I felt like. They did their best. I did my best. I'm like, shit, let's do this again. You know, they're like, yeah, cool. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good, brother. So, uh, so what can you tell us about the, uh, Cowboys and the Campfire record? Nothing. Nothing? I'd have to kill you if I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Can you, do you, uh, would you, would you compare it to anything else in your catalog stylistically? You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think if you hear it, you would go, oh my God, that's Tommy Simpson. I don't think you're going to go with a big question mark above your head going, wow, that's weird. Um, but it is, it is different in some other very sort of subtle ways. Um, in more of, you know, it, it goes a little further into the Americana country, you know, singer songwriter stuff. It's just me and my buddy Chip. Even though a couple of the songs, you know, have drums and upright bass on them, like John Doe played bass on on half the record. Um, uh, John Doe from X. I oh guess. yeah, um, yeah, and 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 so you know, we captured some cool moments that were you know that were interesting and fun. And I think when you listen to it, you go, "Oh, that makes sense." It may not sound like you know. Uh, something that you would think I would do all the time, but it, you'll, you'll hear that. Oh, wow. That's the sound of it. The vibe of it. It's all about the vibe of it. You know, and, you, and songs, yeah. you know, whatever. Do you feel like you've been inspired by a lot more Americana lately? Um, yes and no. Um, 
you know, it's just a weird, here's the weird thing with me and the Americana slash country stuff. So I got fucking Hank Williams crammed down my fucking throat at an early age, touring with the replacements and a lot of other shit, you know, George Jones, all kinds of stuff that, you know, is right alongside fucking big star and everything else uh, that you can imagine that's in my wheelhouse. But, um, and my mom, my mom was in like Conway Twitty and Tanya Tucker and all these things until I turned her on to the Stray Cats. And then she fucking never listened to those records again. I love the Stray Cats. Um, it's a kind of a funny bit, but, um, but really ultimately, um, it's one of those things that kind of comes out of me by accident in a way. And it's like, okay, cool. I hear that. I like that. It feels good. I like singing the song, feel, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but is it something that's like, you know, yeah, all the time? No, because I still like Motorhead. <laughs> still, right. You know, like this, that, and the other fucking thing. And I'm going to do different bits. But, you know, I, at, at my age, man, I can do whatever I want. And I don't give a fuck. That's a good play. I, I, you yeah. know, I, I, I like to, I can go out and play little little venues intimate venues have a really good time playing from some people that ultimately um you know seem to be having a good time otherwise i wouldn't be making money at it but ultimately it's like it's a it's a it's a fun thing it's like you know i, I don't have to kill myself to do this anymore and we fucking killed ourselves in the 80s early 90s to fucking make a buck and to you know, do the thing. And he literally do it, took in our bodies and everything else. We, we fucking put a lot out there. And I just rather not have to do that anymore. I'd rather just kind of, not that I'm like retiring or anything, but it's like, you know, I'd rather, just, you know, have fun with this when I want to and do it on my own terms, you know? Yeah. I, I read trouble boys last year and that certainly is the, the picture that got painted. You guys ran yourselves ragged. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. So- well, it's good you get to do what you want to do, how you want to do it. I mean, I, I can't think of anything better than that, man. Pretty fucking lucky, really, honestly. And I feel that way. I think about that all the time. I got an older daughter that wants to get in the racket. And and that's one thing. And to be very pragmatic with her about, you know, what it takes and what you do and all that. That's one thing. But, you know, it's the reality of it. It's, it's you know. Might not be as lucky as I was. I, I got very lucky, very lucky at a very young age. I don't know. So, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um, speaking of, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Big Star, and you and you mentioned you know a lot of the uh, a lot of influences. Uh, just out of curiosity, what would you say um, uh, Alex Chilton's biggest effect on you was? Jeez. Um, it'd have to be fucking Big Star 3, Sister Lovers, yeah. whatever. I mean, that's like, I still listen to the, sh- I listen to that record all the fucking time still, even like just going on a plane from here to there or whatever, and then or in the car or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other, the, the other, you know, the earlier, the early ones that were more rock and all stuff, I still see those ones tomorrow, but Big Star 3 is just, it's got something more to it that I, that I'll, I'll be frank with you. It's kind of a weird um, juxtaposition of these two records, but 
Highway 61 Revisited by, by Bob Dylan. And mm-hmm. that, to me, I, if I'm in writing mode, I'll flop one of those two on in any given moment to get out of a, you know, out of a corner, you yeah. know, and get stuff going on, you know. In terms of, in terms of writing? Yeah, you know, like lyrics and stuff like that. Like, you know, Bob Dylan, you know, does it, does it for me. And, and Matt, he's just, he's, he's got so many things that he puts, you know, in a, in a short space of time uh, as far as storytelling. Right. And, and, and I think, I think Alex Chilton had a, a fair amount of that, but more on the sort of the, uh, you know, <laughs> um, geez, dare I say the sort of the morbid side almost even, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, big black car. I mean, yeah. Fuck. That's about as down and out as you get. Yeah. Um, you know, song wise, but you know, uh, they, they, I flip flop, you know, with, with either one of them to just, you know, spark the you know the uh, creative juices as they say did uh big star th- did big star and alex chilton did that factor into the replacements um working with jim dickinson oh yeah totally yeah well yeah because 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 alex chilton um started was going to produce tim i mean you probably read that in the book i didn't read the book i i talked about the book with bob Mayer, but and lived it but um so you know, Bob or, or um, Alex Shelton was, you know, produced the demos of Tim, um, and the record company was like, nah, not so much on that. So they got Bobby Early in there, um, and all that, and then you know we hooked up with Jim Dickinson for a place to meet me. But so it, the, the tie is definitely there. Gotcha. So so. After um, sort of the Bash and Pop records and now Cowboys in the Campfire, do you like putting out band records more than solo records, or is it just whatever you're feeling? I I like to I like to bounce around. Uh, honestly, I I like I don't like to do anything. I got a short attention span, so I like to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the other thing. All you know, pretty much equally. I'm a Libra. I mean, we balance, we try to balance best we can, even though I'm not balanced very much right now, but, um, that's kind of the deal. It's like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Do you write all the time or, or no, have, no, 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 they do not just when inspired. Yep. Pretty much. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so this uh, this next sol- uh, solo run when you're you're coming to Columbia is this a, a whole run of the southeast? <laughs> it's ten days. <clears throat> Start in uh, Pottsville, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. I think we end up in um, uh, end up sometime some other place outside of Philadelphia, it's like kind of a circular kind of thing, and uh, it's like ten, twelve days tops. That's that sounds like that sounds manageable. Is that yeah. is that is that the way you like to do it? Just short runs rather than going out for like you know six months or something. Absolutely, I don't I don't like fucking doing the long tours anymore. They're they're a beating. I got gotcha. you. And they're not and they're not a whole lot of fun if you you know depending on you know the circumstances. So you know I get I you know I do what I like to do. 
that's the way to do it. Well, I don't want to keep you much longer. Uh, it's been really great uh, talking with you, Tommy. And uh, like I said, we really are looking forward to having you. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So, uh, cool. so uh, we uh, we'll see you on the twenty eighth. Cool, man. Well, you have a great night. We'll see you then. Okay. Thanks, Tommy. Bye, man. Bye. This has been a Comfort Monk production.